lavender blue color scheme. Goes with the blueberries as well. Clearly a man with an eye for detail. You have a very confident stride. Sorry? Very confident stride. Loved it. I adored the way you laughed at that pigeon. <laughs> Compliments are simple, but not easy. Trust me. You have a marvelous weight distribution between your feet, sir. Good easy shift. Sincerely appreciating something someone has made an effort on will make their day. You're doing a wonderful job in a tricky set of circumstances. You're welcome. You look like a painting. You're just sitting there. It's fantastic. The more unique, the more bespoke, the more devastatingly effective. Your vibe is genius artist turned creative corporate legend. Safe and stylish. You look pensive, but also capable enough to deal with anything that's worrying you. Adore your head, sir. Love it. Wisdom. Should be cast in marble. See? We both feel like we've had a coffee. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Monday, December 4th, 2023. I'm J.E. Skeets here in the Classic Factory, and alongside me, as always, Tass Mellis. Podcast listeners, this is for you. Next to him, it's the bearded one, Matasha Hotboy, Trey Kirby. hey yo. Hey-o! And the man making the magic happen over yonder, Super Producer J.D. Hello. There he is, and here we are, hashtag full squad. Feels good to have everybody back here in the factory. How was Disney World? Magical. Yeah. <laughs> Legitimately magical, Skeets. I might just be a Disney adult. Oh, wow. <laughs> I don't know if I could go that far. I'm at the very edge of being able to fit in all the rides right now. If I was six foot eight, no chance. Oh, really? But six foot five, we're flying. Uh, it was a great time. Um, the kind of trip our kids are going to be talking about for the rest of their lives, I do believe. Oh. So I can't complain. That's what you're looking for mm, That's these exactly type of right. trips. Uh, did you have a favorite park or ride or moment or... I would have to say Hagrid's Motorbike Adventure is my favorite ride, but Avatar, Flight of Passage, it's definitely up there. The Tron Light Cycle Run, we did it all, Skeets, uh, as long as it wasn't a big scary one. (laughs) (laughs) Couldn't convince everybody to go on the Velocicoaster. What's what's that vibe? A stand-up fast one. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know. You like rides, though. I love rides. Ah, okay. I'm a big rides head. All right, awesome. Even more so now. So immersive these days. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like I was walking through Pandora. <laughs> walking through Hogsmeade, sipping a butterbeer. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds magical. It's great to have you back. I ate two booger jelly beans on purpose. Oh, wow. Yeah, <laughs> ate the first one, knew it was booger. Went back for a second, still booger. <laughs> what a sicko. Amazing. Uh, shout out to the stream team for joining us live right now on YouTube. Uh, smash that like button if you too love Disney World uh, and subscribe here to No Dunks. We hit 90,000 subs. We're on our way to 100K. Let's get there by the end of the year. Let's set the bar high. Let's try at the very least. Uh, no Dunks merch makes the perfect gift for the holidays. Go to nodunks.com for t-shirts, hoodies, mugs, a bunch of good stuff over there. Before we get into winners and losers, we had another wedgie, and it was uh, Saturday night. It was Herb Jones. Uh, Got fouled, so continuation, and he stuck it there. In Chicago, uh, three of our last five wedgies have involved the Chicago Bulls. Just a weird little note, Uh, but nine tasks, and we're on pace for... 39. A little low, but we'll get there. Pace has picked up. Yeah, it has over the last couple of days, last week or so. So that's good. Okay, winners of the NBA weekend. There's always tons to pick from, despite no games on Sunday. How strange was that? Gotta get ready for the tournament. Yeah. Gotta get ready for the tournament. <laughs> yeah, can't, can't have a back-to-back situation <laughs> happening. Uh, yeah, IST starts tonight, quarterfinals. But uh, Tasket has started here Friday, Saturday night, um, whatever you're going from. Your winner of the weekend. 
Well, going back to Friday, we had a discussion about the MVP this season in the National Basketball Association. I had Giannis in my rankings at two. Mm-hmm. Many people ridiculed me, two, for Giannis Antetokounmpo. Boring. He's won it before. I guess his 30 and 11 that he's averaging, 60% from the floor, 64 true shooting percent, just isn't good enough for people. What's good enough is him being awesome as he was against the Atlanta Hawks, but also the way they close games. I think that's going to help his MVP status. Just the way they look with new parts. This team is ready. They took care of the Atlanta Hawks easily. But what they do is they just turn it up in the fourth quarter. This team is the best clutch team Mm -hmm. in the NBA. Clutch, last five minutes, the game within five. It was tied with five and a half minutes left, and then they just go on a run. They just all play defense. They decide to play defense. This is like a playoff team. Yeah, yeah, we'll get there in the fourth quarter. We'll start playing really hard. And that's what they did. 18-7, they closed the game against the Hawks. What they did... Talking about playoff teams, they look like a playoff team where they really go out and push against guards defensively. They just get out to the three-point line and just don't let you go past them. They're killing teams in the clutch this season. 54 minutes, they are beating teams by 31.9 points in 100, per 100 possessions. That's the best rating. The defense is way better. Oh, yeah, Jansen Tetecupo, a great freaking defender. One of the best in the league. So he should be up there in MVP rankings, even though people might find it bored. You know, we got to talk about our Tyrese's and all that uh, these days. It's 32 and 11 for 10. The Yannis had to close out uh, this game. And I think what will also help the Bucks, if you remember, over under, their number was 52.5. They're on pace for 56.5. Mm. I like point fiving wins. <laughs> uh, so we shall see. They got the third best record in the NBA. And I think because they haven't started well for them. Uh, because they're they got a lot of new parts, they're going to get better as the season goes on. Yeah, Dame likes playing defense at the end of games, yeah. and things look good. Do you uh, have them as a favorite against the the New York Knicks <laughs> in uh, tomorrow night's in season tournament game as hosting? Absolutely. Yeah, it's gonna be a hard game though. Knicks are yeah. Knicks play. I, I agree. Uh, I Too much prep time for Tibbs. This guy's been going <laughs> insane over the weekend. No games on Sunday. He was just taping. <laughs> Grinding tape, getting ready for the Bucks. Uh, yeah, the Bucks, 21st in defense, but in the last uh, five minutes, 54 clutch minutes, they're only allowing 97.5 points per 100 possessions. It's not dissimilar to the way the Nuggets played defense last year. They finished the year 15th in defense, yeah. but for whatever reason, they would turn it up in the final five minutes of the game. If you're a Bucks fan, you're probably like, why are we playing all these clutch games? But maybe it pays off in the long run because they have been able to buckle down uh, defensively. Maybe they could get some half wins, actually. They only play, like, one quarter of basketball in these games. They trail through the first three, turn it on in the fourth quarter. I don't know how that adds up to a half a win, but they could do it. <laughs> yeah, maybe. So Giannis and the Bucks get us started here with a winner of the weekend. Uh, Trey, let's move to you. Who do you have on your list? I got the Thunder Mavericks game from Saturday. <laughs> Four and a half stars on letter box scored. Title. <laughs> Game of runs. Yes, it was. Thunder used a bunch of runs to build a big lead in this one. They had runs of 14 to 3, 8 to 0, 8 to 0, and 13 to 0. Added up to a 24 point lead with 11 minutes left. But then the Mavs ripped off the run of all runs, looking like your mom's worst pair of pantyhose. Oh. <laughs> Remember pantyhose? <laughs> I appreciate going to pantyhose yeah. and not panties. Same I here. <laughs> I thought you were going panties. Well, yeah, pantyhose got ripped a lot. Yep. Yeah, a lot of runs on those. Get the nail polish if you need to stop it. 30-0 to zero for the Mavs. The biggest run in NBA play-by-play era history, wow. at least back to the 96-97 wow. season when they started keeping track of that stuff. Uh, Luca, I guess, had the 29th and 30th point, got a steal and a layup. I thought he was going to dunk it. 
he didn't dunk it. No. But a nice layup. Nonetheless, the Mavs took a six-point lead after the 30-0 run, led by four heading into the final two minutes. But the runs weren't done. Ten straight points from the Thunder to end this game. Just a wild one going back and forth. You don't see a 30-0 to zero run ever. Literally the first <laughs> time in, you know, 35 years, uh, 25 years at this point. Um, but then for the Thunder to come back and actually win the game after getting smacked in the face, 30-0 to zero run, that could have been an easy loss for OKC. But... They were able to steady themselves, get some stops, get some big shots from Isaiah Joe, Jalen Williams, and a huge revenge game from Davis Bertans. He had scored 17 points coming into this game on the season, had 15 points against his former team, the Mavs, on three field goal attempts. Went three for three from three, and then six for six at the free throw line as well. I guess they redid his contract so he can play a little bit more now. And the shooting is going to help OKC because it's basically Isaiah Joe shoots it well. And Bertans shoots it yeah. well for them as well. Chet's doing his thing from outside. He was great in this game uh, as well. Made a couple of big plays down the stretch. Bunch of blocks. Bunch of offensive putbacks. What a fun game. Uh, I heard Tim McMahon this morning on the Hoop Collective say it was one of the top three regular season games he's ever been at. Pretty impressive. Yeah, when you look at the win probability, like graph chart or whatever it is so funny how it like builds 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 and then it like plateaus for a long time <laughs> thunder are gonna win the game and then it just craters when the mavs go on a 30 to a run where the mavs are gonna win the game and then of course comes bouncing back to okc who go on the final run yeah this was a wild one test yeah, it was a great ending watching chet holmgren a seven footer he's out on the perimeter defending and seth curry just went right by him but he was able to recover and block the snot out of him you don't see seven footers do that too often then he had another huge block and he had two put back dunks and only one Shea shot from Shea Gildas Alexander the last few minutes like he got everybody else going uh, and he just had an incredible steal and a dunk so just great defending when they needed it uh going back to the last few minutes you need these guys so it was a cool ending for the Thunder seeing Holmgren do his thing on both ends yeah Thunder now 13 and 6 third in the west seven and two on the road second in net rating fifth in defense I mean they look like a legit team uh that should be maybe hosting a, a first round playoff series or at least in the mix uh through about 20 games here they look awesome what a what a wild one I'll keep it going here winner of the weekend to Mikhail Bridges Scored 42 points, including 26 in the first quarter as the Nets snapped the Magic's nine-game win streak with the uh, dominant 129-101 victory on Saturday night. Magic were hoping for their first 10-game win streak in franchise history. Bridges said, nope. He just dashed those dreams. He outscored Orlando by himself in the first 12 minutes. Uh, I think they had 22 points as a team, the Magic did. Bridges, as I said, 26. They were up 43-22, Brooklyn was, and they just continued to roll. And it's just sort of weird here. The Nets pinned the past two losses on Orlando. They bookend the nine-game win streak, right? You know, it was the, the, the last loss before the win streak, and then, of course, they ended it there on Saturday night. But Bridges, this is awesome. He shot 12-20 from the field. Career highs for free throws, made and attempted, so he was living at the line. And after a really, like, slow start to the season for him he's turned it on he's back to that like potential all-star level that we saw when he got traded last year over his last 10 games Bridges is averaging 26 points per game seven boards four assists shooting 49 percent from the field 40 from deep and 83 at the line so it's cool to see him again like you know there were some Nets fans panicking uh games three or four into the season but he's gotten right back to like that level that we saw when he went over there and became the guy there in Brooklyn yeah, we talked about Cam Thomas all the time for the Nets at the start of the season, and 
Bridges was kind of just flying under the radar, yeah. having an anonymous season. Cam Thomas goes out of the lineup, and Bridges really turns it on. So, to me, I look at the Nets team, and I just see there are 25 points out there for somebody to get. Mm-hmm. Whoever is uh, flowing is going to be the guy to do it, and it was Mikhail Bridges. Uh, still enough time, I suppose, to put together a, a campaign for an all-star berth, which is something we were talking about with him coming yep. into this year. Uh, most improved player, he'll probably have to get back to the 27 a game he was averaging uh, when he first was traded to Brooklyn, but good to see him start to put things together. Got a quick trivia question for you. Bridges, 26 points. Most in the opening period of an NBA game since the 21-22 season. Which superstar player had 28 against the Clippers? Luka Doncic. <laughs> yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. As soon as I Clippers. said Clippers, you were going to get it. So, uh, yeah, Bridges, nice. 26 there. And uh, just a final note on the Nets. Uh, backup point guard Dennis Smith Jr. returned, too, and he had a really good game. 10 points, 11 boards, 6 assists in 21 minutes off that bench. Um, he had missed, I think, like six or seven games with a strained lower back. Uh, some back issues there, obviously, uh, with the Nets. But he came back and he looked good. So Bridges gets a winner of the weekend. Let's do another round. Who do you got? Well, I'm going to start with a guy that people want to be MVP, uh, Tyrese Halliburton and the Indiana Pacers, because Halliburton just had his career high. 44 points Thursday night, looking great, 11 assists. But he sat out Saturday's game against the same team, the Heat. He had an upper respiratory infection and a bone bruise in his right knee, so he sat out. So it didn't look like the Pacers were going to be able to overcome not having Tyrese Halliburton, who's just the center of their offense. Yeah. And the first quarter against the Heat, that's what happened. They were bad. <laughs> but then they just turned it on. They got inspired. Every single guy made it look like that Tyrese Halliburton-led offense. They shot 77% over the last three quarters. That's a damn good percentage, 66 for the game. And yet four guys just chipping in with 20 or more. That just doesn't happen uh, all that often. Bruce Brown had 30. Obi Toppin had 22. Aaron Neesmith had 20. And TJ McConnell, backup point guard, who has been uh, you know, taking his role a little bit away because of Tyrese Halliburton and, and Nemhard as his backup. He had 20 and 11 off the bench. Now, the Heat didn't have Bam Adebayo, so the Pacers were just going into the lane over and over and over again. They got downhill, 76 mm-hmm. points in the paint, but they scored 144 points against the Miami Heat. And I just wonder if Tyrese Halliburton was sitting one game just to get fresh for the quarterfinals tonight He's against the Boston though. Celtics. He is yeah. questionable. Respiratory infection, bone bruise, who knows, Uh but I think he wanted to get going. Well, I hope I he, he plays. Didn't he miss the game against the Celtics last time? When they, they scored, scored 150 plus, they uh, lost by 50 points. Yeah, yeah, I feel like he missed that game. But uh, yeah, that's a hell. Of a, it's weird to see a box score against the Miami Heat. I know it's today's NBA and there's a lot of points going around, but still weird to see 144 points against the the hardest working, meanest son of a bitches in the NBA. <laughs> What's it say on the court? I can't remember. Uh, but just Miami strange. Heat 316. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They must not have played on that court because there's no way they give up 144 points on that court. It's, it's not possible. 13 it's... players in this game scored in double digits? That's insane. <laughs> that's the Heat had seven guys yeah. in double digits. Yeah. Like, if you're the Miami Heat and you score 129, they probably think they win that game. 99 times out of 100. Totally. I guess this is the 100. So hopefully Halliburton's able to play. And I guess we're kind of waiting to hear on uh, Porzingis as well for the Celtics, think, right? I think he's, he's out. out. Officially? Yeah, yeah, he's a fish out. Yep. We shall see. That's not what Tim Bontemps this time was saying oh, uh, this morning. He's saying okay. it's still a game timer. Oh, I, I thought... think, yeah, I think they're keeping him out for another week with his calf, mm-hmm. um, which stinks. And obviously, yeah, the Heat give up so many points without Bam Adebayo. I guess that's the thing. Uh, because he's not there to hit some people in the lane, but it's just, it is weird. 
yeah. to see that many points put up against them. All right, but the Pacers get a nice uh, winner of the yeah. weekend there. What, uh, what do you got, Trey? I'm giving a winner of the weekend to Rudy Gobert. He came into Saturday's game against the Hornets. Questionable. Uh, we knew there was going to be no McDaniels, no Edwards for the Timberwolves, and Rudy Gobert went out there and had a season-high 26 points on a 10 of 12 shooting from the field. I think he had eight dunks, made a bunch of really big defensive plays in the fourth quarter of the win against the Hornets, but I'm giving him a winner because of this quote that Carl Anthony Towns had after the game. He said this about Rudy Gobert. That's one of the best games I've ever seen from a man who's questionable. <laughs> <laughs> That's a funny quote yeah. in a lot of ways. Calling him a man who's questionable. Fair enough. Also, just the idea that Carl Anthony Towns keeps such good track of the NBA injury report that he can <laughs> chime in when somebody has a great game uh, despite being questionable coming into this game. But uh, Bisman-like dub for Minnesota, I thought. They shot 30 free throws, 58 points in the paint, and their bigs really dominated this game. Like I said, 26 for Gobert. Carl Anthony Towns went for 28 of his own. And then when he got into foul trouble, Nasri did his thing in Towns' absence. He scored 23 Kind of surprised to see this. Carl Anthony Towns and Nas Reed are the only players in the league currently in the 50-40-90 club. Two guys. And they're both bigs for the Timberwolves. Weird. That's weird. Minnesota, first place in the West after a month. This has been an incredible start to the season for them. Gobert looks good on both ends right now. And kind of put the team on his back in this one. Great game. Great game. The Wolves, man, they just continue to rack up Ws. You keep thinking, like, uh, they'll fall back to earth here. And, yeah, they keep uh, keep rolling here. Quick correction, I said the Thunder were in third place. They were, but the Nuggets played later that night there on Saturday night and lost to the Kings. So OKC is up to second. So it's Wolves and OKC, 1-2, atop the Western Conference, which is pretty neat to see. Uh, any thoughts on, on Rudy, Rudy? <laughs> yeah, he Rudy. doesn't sit out games. And then you have him and Carl running their 4-5 pick and roll, and Carl was finding it with beautiful passes. Carl looking great. So, yeah, they've, they've brought it to begin this season. Can they keep it up? Can I guess. I guess they're just too damn good. Um, 79 win percentage right now, basically. They, they just defend every single game. So they will be in every single game without Anthony Edwards. Carl Anthony Towns has been their number one offensive guy. Yeah. It's been great. Uh, winner of the weekend to Trey Murphy the third. He made his season debut for the Pelicans on Friday night, and he looked good. Scored 18 points in 22 minutes off the bench. His first basket of the season, uh, sort of an end-to-end layup in transition. Later on, he threw down a nice dunk. I always forget this guy's got the hops. I know he went in a dunk contest. Uh, He gets up. And then in the second half, he hit four uh, three-pointers. So, you know, obviously he can attack the rim, but he can shoot as well. And... uh, you got some guys coming back here for the Pelicans. Uh, great timing with the uh, their game in the in-season tournament because Trey Murphy the third is obviously back. Jose Alvarado's played six or seven games now since uh, he he start, he missed the start of the season. He's playing about 15 minutes a game off the bench. C.J. McCollum has returned from a 12-game absence. Now they had a back-to-back situation against the Bulls, so some of those guys, uh, Trey and C.J., both missed that. But I think everybody's good to go tonight against the Kings in the uh, in the second game of uh, the IST doubleheader, but that's good for them. I just like what you see having a guy like Trey Murphy III out there with Zion specifically, and he talked about it after the game, how Trey said like their games work really, really well together because guys have to help off of me in order to get to him, and if they help off of Trey Murphy, he's going to get the three, and if they don't help off, that's just more room for Zion to get to the rim to attack at the layups. So it's like a 
pick whatever poison you want to uh, quote him there. So good stuff. You look good in his one game, and he's just another shooter and a guy that can attack and uh, more length out there for New Orleans. That's true. He's their best shooter. Yeah. Uh, they, they need him. He had over 200 threes last year. He shot 10 in his one game that he yeah. came back. Just let him rip, and it helps Zion Williamson. Undoubtedly, they, they need shooters. Yeah, exactly. They're 27th in the league in three-pointers made at just a shade under 11. Their best shooters right now are a rookie in Jordan Hawkins and an end-of-the-bench guy, really, uh, in Matt Ryan, who has done a good job uh, since being there. But you would love to see one of your young stars be able to perform consistently, and definitely Trey Murphy's going to give them that. It'll be a question of how long can all these guys stay on the court yeah. together. That's all the only question with the Pelicans, because it makes sense when you see their team together. You need some guys who are going to stretch the floor around side a masher like Zion, alongside Jonas Valanciunas, who likes to get inside. He likes to shoot a three every now and then. It just takes him forever to get it up. <laughs> so having a guy with a quick trigger like Trey Murphy, that's big time. A couple other winners just quickly here. Kevin Durant moving into 10th place on the NBA's all-time scoring list. He keeps going up this list. Terrence Ross. Saying goodbye to the NBA, officially announcing his retirement. A win of the weekend because he got to see a bunch of cool Terrence Ross dunks yeah. and highlights. I know Dunk Comp put together a great one uh, on Instagram and Twitter. I always forget some of the dunks he had. I mean, yeah. as Raptors fans, we got some. But even some, like in his Orlando days, you're like, holy crap. He's and a it, good dunker. Yeah. Good player. Good player. Yeah. I'm a little surprised. This young, early 30s. Yeah. Why not? He was playing for the the Suns last year, but it, listening to his uh, his whole spiel on his podcast, I didn't realize he had a podcast. Mm. Uh, but he just said, uh, "I'm kind of done. <laughs> kind of bored. I, I like I like that being explained at home. a lot about his career to me uh, when <laughs> yeah. I saw that and why uh, contending teams weren't giving up first round picks, yeah. despite the fact he was in a lot of trade rumors at the end of his career. When he retired, was like, "Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> Who needs a ring?" <laughs> Okay. Uh, Paul George, also a little bit of an NBA weekend winner. Hit a big game-winning three in a big comeback for the Clippers against the Warriors. I know we'll talk about them when we get to our next segment. Anyone else I missed? Any other uh, teams, players? Devin Booker's back. Still good. He's still good. (laughs) Yeah. I was considering the Suns as a winner uh, just because of Durant and uh, Booker as well. Yeah. Uh, I put Sharp down, too. Shaden Sharp had one of the best dunks of the year, early year, uh, in traffic there. Did he punch it on, was it on Kessler? It was, it was on Kessler. Yeah, yeah, it was a pretty nasty one. I mean, he obviously has the hops. We'd love to see him in a dunk contest. Um, but, yeah, lots to pick from. I'm sure we missed some. You tell us in the stream team, in the comments. Tweet at us, at no Inc. who are your NBA Weekend winners. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, the losers of the NBA Weekend. Discover the latest collections from David Yerman, as seen recently, styled on basketball stars like Jaime Jaquez, Jalen Green, D'Angelo Russell, and others. David Yerman is a celebrated American jewelry company inspired by the beauty of art, architecture, and the natural world. The story of David Yerman begins in New York City with David, a sculptor, and his wife, Sybil, a painter and ceramicist. When the artists began collaborating, their goal was to simply make beautiful designed objects to wear. Over 40 years later, the Yermans and their son, Evan, continue to redefine American luxury jewelry with timeless, modern collections for women and men defined by inspiration, innovation, consummate craftsmanship, and Cable, the brand's artistic signature. David Yerman's collections are available on davidyerman.com. All right, let's uh, pivot to losers of the NBA weekend. Uh, Trey, why don't you get us started? Who uh, Who's your big loser? You mentioned it earlier, Skeets. I couldn't decide... If the Clippers-Warriors was going to get a winner for Paul George yeah. hitting the game winner, 
or a loser for Golden State blowing the lead. And then I read Anthony Slater's Gamer about this game, and it starts like this. The only reason Saturday's 22-point blown lead wasn't the second largest in-game collapse in the Steve Kerr era is because four nights prior, the Golden State Warriors coughed away a 24-point lead in Sacramento. Yeah, this is a bad uh, bad run here for them. Not great to blow 20-point leads in the second half of a game twice in the same week. I thought this was bad on both sides. For Golden State, they could not get a stop in the second half. The Clippers shot 57% in the third and fourth quarters. It was kind of James Harden was on fire, then Kawhi was on fire, and then Paul George capped things off. Those three outscored Golden State 47-45 to in the second half. On the other end, the Warriors just went cold, 34% in the second half, including Steph Curry going one for 10 from the field in quarters three and four. He could have iced the game up to 20 seconds left, had a step back, missed it, about 18 feet, rattled out, whatever. On the other end, Paul George, they get the stop. Russell Westbrook gets the rebound, gets it to Paul George. Paul George hits a step back three right in Clay's face, first lead of the game for the Clippers. On the other end, Curry drives into the lane, finds Draymond Green from the corner, Pretty good look for three. He mm-hmm. made four in the first half. That's a fair luck, but he missed this one to potentially win it. So Golden State took another loss. They've lost nine of their last 12 here. They've got no Chris Paul, no Wiggins in this one, and Gary Payton the second is out as well. So it's just kind of piling up for Golden State right now. I guess uh, Kevin Garnett is now saying that he doesn't see this as a playoff team. Maybe they're a play-in team. Certainly reasonable. There's not that many spots in the top six, only six of them by my count. Um, so, yeah. Golden State's got to figure out something here. They were complaining, we don't have Chris Paul in this one to play good clutch basketball down the end. Fair enough, but you also haven't had him for, you know, the first 10 years of your dynasty. You should be able to figure out how to play some clutch games here. It's uh, After a a strong start for Golden State, things have really, really fallen off. I guess you can be a little bit encouraged that Clay Thompson's finding his way a little bit here, but they got to figure out a way to actually get some wins before they fall too far behind here. Yeah, I'm looking at their schedule. They play the Nuggets on Christmas Day, and luckily for them, they play within this gap here, basically in December until Christmas Day. They play the Blazers twice. Excuse me, they play the Blazers three times, so that's probably good for them. They play the Wizards as well, and those are the only bad teams because then you got like the Thunder, the Suns, the Clippers, the Nets are a decent team, and the Celtics. So, yeah, what's the record going to become that that Christmas Day game against Denver? Could be sub-500, uh, or at least maybe. They'll be happy probably to be around there or one game above. But, yeah, the way they're closing these games, or giving up these leads tasks is just it's a little perplexing for a team that's been there, done that a lot of times. It is weird. Yeah, they are talking a lot about Chris Paul and the, the bench not playing all that well uh, and not coming down to the wire with you know Moses Moody was sat by Steve Kerr I thought they needed him desperately so he called it a mistake but the Paul George shot I was a little surprised uh how he was just able to just walk into that he obviously felt good and just make that thing pretty pretty shot from him Tass who do you have for a uh, loser of the NBA weekend well I want to talk about the Nets and Ben Simmons being out uh, for this long because it was only a few weeks ago Head coach Jock Vaughn was asked about Ben Simmons being out. He'd been already been out for a couple of weeks, and he said, ah, this injury's not a big deal. It really has nothing to do with what he was uh, dealing with last year. And this weekend, Ben Simmons received an epidural injection to aid in that recovery from his lower back that he was out for 
every single game after the All-Star break last year and basically the entire season the year before, obviously, with some off-court issues yeah. uh, included in that. But he hasn't played since November 6th. <laughs> That's a long time for back problems. Now, he's been their starter, and he obviously doesn't want to shoot. He doesn't. He's, that's not part of his game, really. But he averaged 6.5 points, 10.8 boards, and 6.7 assists this season. Uh, so I, I just – it's it's clear. Um, and I know Jacques Vaughn said – that it's not a factor, um, and he also said this weekend he hasn't had any setbacks with his back. His, set, his back hasn't become more injured, he, but he ha- obviously has uh, <laughs> right. issues back there. Uh, so he will be reevaluated in two weeks. Mm. Um, yeah, it's the back, and he's got a nerve impingement in there, and so who knows when he's coming back? Really, this is this is a real thing that's happening there. Yeah, I mean it's unfortunate because he was looking okay when he was playing early in the season, but nobody's left on the Ben Simmons Island. I'll tell you that, and it's uh, it's vacant. I mean, I'm here. I'm I'm, I'm just hanging around, but uh, it's a ghost town, man. It's uh, I guess like a, I guess people come uh, you know during the seasons, but or maybe in the summer, but. Yeah, they come in the summer when he has his shirt off and he's hitting jumpers in the empty gym, unfortunately. But now it's a ghost town. There's nobody here. There's no business. You know, things are closing up shop. And, uh, you know, I'm making fun of it a little bit. But it sucks. It sucks. And I think they were – were they lying to us about, like, this wasn't related to his back injury before? I no, mean, that's what they, said, they were yeah. saying it wasn't, but it doesn't really matter in the end. He can't play because he's in pain, I guess. Yeah, he received an epidural yeah. injection. Yeah. That's not – that has nothing to do with his off-court issues of – not no, being able no. to play and not and not wanting to shoot. That right. has nothing to do with it. So he's going to be out for a full month and a half at the very least you know, since he last played. So it could be even longer, I imagine. Yeah. Uh, I would like to give a, a weekend loser to Zach Levine for, for a couple reasons here. One, we learned that he's going to be sidelined for at least a week here with right foot soreness. Uh, I guess he exited that blowout loss against the Celtics on Tuesday. So they're now saying something wrong with the foot. We're going to keep him out. So what, of course, happens when he misses a couple games? The Bulls are back, baby. Uh, The Bulls go out. They pick up two quality wins at home over the Bucs. And then the Pelicans, again, without Zach Levine. Kobe White was uh, pretty special in both games. Scored 23 in the overtime win against the Bucs. Hit some big shots. And then 31-9-6 against the Pelicans on Saturday. But then... To double down on Zach Levine here, Woj reported over the weekend that the Bulls have found the trade market for Zach Levine to be tepid. <laughs> it's like a cold tea here. Um, quote from Woj, there is not a market for Levine right now in the NBA. And then Woj had more to say, like, teams are questioning how much does this guy impact winning. And at the contract he makes, what, 45, 46 mil, well, he's not going to be your best player. You maybe don't even want him to be your second best player. So if he's your third best player, like, you want to pay him that kind of money? And if he's not having that much of an impact on winning, and this is where the situation arises of, like, how easy is he going to be to trade? So I'm interested to hear your thoughts, TK, on me giving Zach Levine a loser of the weekend and just how they've looked without him and where the team goes from here. Well, the Bulls have had 32 assists in back-to-back games. (laughs) Their first winning streak of the season. I don't remember what Matt called uh, two games in a row, but the Bulls (laughs) won two games in a row, so that's a streak right now. My dad's take was that they're playing people who want to play. And that's what it looks like. Mm. Patrick Williams throwing down dunks at the end of these games. Kobe White uh, looking okay. A 10-assist game from DeMar DeRozan as well. It wouldn't be totally surprising to me if we've seen Levine play his last game as a bull. 
December 15th is coming soon, so it's like a week after they said uh, Levine would be reevaluated. I can see that being the case, and I can also see the trade market being tepid because nobody's available to be traded until December 15th. I also feel like the Bulls uh, aren't a very leaky organization, so this is more coming from other teams who are trying to drive down the price. Yeah, what do you think? Think that makes sense? Absolutely. I like the word tepid. Um, Also, (laughs) I I think... The old term for two wins straight was patch. A patch? Oh, a yeah. Patch. Or a winning patch. What a weird <laughs> word that is. Was uh, that a Matty O? Uh, I remember he was, like, going through what streaks should be. Like, how many you have to yeah. win yeah. for it to be considered a streak. Because I don't think he thought two. Definitely not two. No. I don't even think he thought three was, a winning was streak. worthy of being a streak. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to hear. I think you can start to debate that. But yeah. two for sure is not a streak. Two it's, is not a streak. I guess it's a patch. Though. I'm not <laughs> well, sure that's a winning gonna, patch here. I'm not a winning catch patch. On. Yeah. No, that, that is not caught on. No one says that, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we talk about winning streaks all the time. And two just doesn't seem like – it seems like a little short. A little short of a streak that's at three. It's in- interesting with Zach Levine because he doesn't look like the player that signed a long-term – contract with the bulls he, he, he hasn't looked like he wants to be there mm-hmm. that's totally clear and when you make 40 43 45 48 over the next four years that means the other teams have to want to give up something because the the numbers have to match somewhat so you've got to at least trade 30 million plus draft picks so the bulls have to be willing to take on somebody and so i i suppose this is this is all just a little bargaining from other teams, other telling teams. Woj, yeah. telling others, we want less. We want to give up less. We want to pay less for I, Zach Levine. I yeah. think what you said is interesting, though. Have we seen him play his last game for the Chicago Bulls? Because on one hand, they look a lot better, and yeah, maybe playing with a little more joy, and the ball's moving, and maybe you run with that. But then the flip side is, if the market is tepid, and no one's all that interested, do you want to try and build up his trade value a little bit more? Or could it make it worse with him playing? I, I, I'm not sure. So I find that part fascinating. Like, do you want to get him back out there and have a, you know, let him let Zach Levine pop off for a good 35, 40 point game here uh, in the coming weeks, and then maybe that helps, uh, you know, get another pick or another young player or whatever. Or do you just yeah, say, you know what, people know what they're getting with Zach Levine. They know he's a scorer first, and he is an elite scorer uh, when healthy and all that. Make us your offer, and hopefully we get a couple calls from some of these teams, and we can pit them against each other a little bit. I don't think whatever the return is is going to be remarkable, uh, just the way he's played, and yeah, how much contract or how much money he makes. But December fifteenth is close. You're right. That's uh, eleven days away. Eleven days away. Uh, you look at what John Collins returned to the Hawks. He's on a big contract, just like Levine was. It was a long one. Obviously, Levine is a better player. Uh, but no first-round picks came back to Atlanta in that deal. So I think the Bulls should probably be looking at one pick, one, yeah. really. Maybe a player, and then the salary relief will be a huge deal. But I love the idea that the Bulls need to start playing Zach Levine for him to prove that he's a winner. <laughs> doesn't even make any sense. If, they prove, if he comes back and prove that he's a winner, they're not going to trade him. Because yeah. then the Bulls will be good again. So this, to me, was like 100% Woj carrying water for other, other teams, teams. And that's kind of how I read it. Because uh, nobody gets scoops from the Bulls. You can tell because... Everybody loves to trash the Bulls because they don't have to deal with the repercussions of the front office coming back and saying, hey, why are you trashing our team? I didn't hear anybody talking about Zach Levine putting up 27 a game on 50-40-90 the last half of the season last year. He didn't get hurt over the summer. He's just ready to go. Yeah. So it's. Uh... I really regret, you know, November 21, I didn't tell you guys this, um, <laughs> November 2021, I was holding a monkey paw. And I just said, man... <laughs> 
I really wish people would talk about the Bulls more often. <laughs> <laughs> Two years later, now we're talking about the Bulls all the time. Mm-hmm. We are. For all the wrong Double reasons. Double-edged sword, you know? Yeah, it is. It really is. Uh, but at least, hey, it, it, you know, no publicity is bad publicity. Wait, that's not right. That doesn't make sense. What do I mean? Well, that's exactly right, Skeets. The Bulls had no publicity. Well, right. Well, I heard so you would on you the show last week. I heard you publicity? on the show last week taking every opportunity you could to trash the Bulls. That's bullshit. Gone. That's bullshit, and you know it, because no. I gave them. Reluctantly. Yes. Yes, you did. In the, in the very last show of the thing, after you had drafted the other team, I checked the doc. I know the Bulls has got to be somebody's choice with the comeback win here. Against the Bucks. That's what uh-huh. it was. That's, yeah, right. Yeah, that's, yeah, right. Yeah. that's right. I couldn't yeah. remember it. I was like, I didn't do it for winners and losers of the weekend. Yeah. No, it was when we were drafting yeah, teams. What uh, kind of paw are we talking? A monkey paw. Like a, uh, like a paw from a paw. monkey. An yes. actual paw. Yeah, yeah like, you a, your wishes. like a Simpson decrepit style. little... Yeah, yeah, so it's a little furry old paw. Yeah, the fur has fallen off because oh, okay. it's uh, been detached from the arm of the monkey <laughs> yeah you know yeah okay forget <laughs> patches and streaks when does trey kirby drop the bulls are back how many wins in a row or what does the record have to be until you are back to the bulls are back is it like it has to be above 500 it's gotta be 500 yeah gotta be 500 again yeah, okay. yeah. what are they now seven and 14 it's a long road guys. okay <laughs> get your monkey paws in. uh all right trey let's go back to you uh who else you got on your list for losers of the weekend yeah the rockets get a loser of the weekend Unfortunately, they are officially losers again. Started the season 0-3. They won six straight, but they now just lost three straight games on their road trip against Dallas, Denver, and the Lakers. All good teams. Understandable losses. But that's six, eight, six losses in their last eight games. They are now back under 500. And oddly enough, they are the only team in the league that hasn't won a game on the road. The Pistons have won on the road. They beat the Bulls. <laughs> <laughs> the Spurs have won on the road. The Bulls have won on the road. They beat the Pacers. So that gets uh, the Rockets a loser of the weekend. What are they, 0-8, I think, right now on the road? Not good. But they also get a weird of the weekend for Ime Udoka trash-talking LeBron James and getting ejected during yeah. the game. I kind of felt it was a 4D chess from LeBron realizing that Udoka already had a technical earlier in the game. So he keeps stirring things up with him, keeps going back and forth with him about uh, how Udoka was talking to LeBron. I would side with LeBron on this one, but if I'm a Rockets fan, I love having a coach that that, that is that fiery yeah. <laughs> compared to how things have gone the past couple of seasons. Nonetheless, Udoka kicked out of the game. You don't see a coach trash-talking a player very often. No. I mean, I guess it's different that these two used to play they against played, each yeah, other. Yeah. That is an interesting wrinkle. Yeah. LeBron afterwards said they were talking about Thanksgiving. Great line. Just catching up. We haven't really caught up about Thanksgiving, if you guys ever want to have a chat. I'd love to about hear about your, your trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, yeah, that was weird, man. Uh, some great lip reading out there from uh, John Boy's got a good one. You saw people breaking it down yeah. basically all throughout the weekend. But uh, that's just very weird. <laughs> yeah, any thoughts on Yudoka getting tossed there and the altercation between him and LeBron? Yeah, I, I don't know if I buy the uh, the lip reading exactly word for word. Like what the words were that came out. Really? I don't know. I thought it was... I, I believed it with what was going on. <laughs> Stop acting like bitches, man. Basically, yeah. Was, yeah. Was, he kept was, throwing around that word, which was pissing LeBron <laughs> yes. off. Yes. Don't use that word so loosely. And the idea mean. they're complaining and then it turned into that, yes. Yeah, I just, I just would love to hear it. And then Yudoka's like, what are you going to do? Because LeBron then steps to him to argue about it. And then, yeah, and Yudoka's like, what are you going to do about it? I mean, (laughs) Yudoka did play like a decade in this league when LeBron was playing, uh, which is 
crazy to think about. <laughs> it's just, that's how old LeBron that is. That is weird, yeah. Uh, and Yudoka has been retired since like 2011, but almost played a decade when LeBron was in the league. Yeah. Um, they were rookies the same year. That's amazing. Wow. Oh three, oh four. Yeah. LeBron was very good with Yudoka guarding him. I think that may be, that may be uh, <laughs> what the are you lingering do about smoke. It? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, great work by the people out there, though. Getting, I love all the angles these people find for all the lip reading and stuff like that. Yeah, it's yeah. great. You got to see the John Boy video. It's oh, so good because so good. he finds the guy who's videotaping. He's, like, holding the phone down on his leg very covertly. Just kind of... <laughs> Just eyeballing it. <laughs> Knowing we need that information because we finally got the second half of it. Yeah. You can see Yudoka clearly on the broadcast, so you got to get your lip read on. Yeah. Uh, but then what could have LeBron been saying? All we can take is the reactions from the people in the crowd until we got the reverse angle. Thanks to all the cinematographers out there. <laughs> well done. Well done. Uh, final loser of the weekend. It's not really NBA related, but it goes to me. It goes to my memory specifically. On last week's Drop Podcast... I shared three injury stories from the good old Stratford, Ontario days. <laughs> Two of them, I messed up the details and I wanted to clear the air. My memory, I mean, it's always been poor, but it's getting worse as I get older here. I said Mike Gibb lost his finger in a car door of a vehicle, okay? I had multiple people reach out to me and say, it wasn't in a car door. It was down at the hockey rink. <laughs> Apparently, the young uh, boy. Gib yeah. got it pinched in the door going to the showers. And I got it. I had eyewitnesses say they were there when Mike Gibb ran out in his towel holding his finger that he just oh. had gotten chopped <laughs> off um, into the lobby of the hockey rink, the Allman Arena there in Stratford. Mm. So, okay. My bad on that one. I also discussed... <laughs> Holly and the Lathe incident, which I've talked about <laughs> multiple times here on this show over the last 20 years. Uh, Holly got her hair caught in the lathe in shop class. Her last name, it's not Holly Anderson. That is a very prominent college football writer and podcaster. <laughs> it's Holly Edwards. <laughs> okay, another, another 10 people getting angry with me from Stratford. It's not Holly Anderson. It's Holly Edwards. The only story I got right was Kieran Griffin breaking his hand uh, at St. Mike's <laughs> in a big playoff game. Before the game when he punched a padded wall and he oh. broke his hand like a doofus. So I went I went one for three. I mean, that's not great on, uh, you know, specific details. <laughs> so apologies <laughs> to to Gibb, to Edwards. Not to Kieran as much, but yeah. <laughs> Just wanted to clear the air. <laughs> I'm glad. But, but you know, because you were wondering, you even asked, like, wow, in a car door he got part of his finger taken off like right. how hard did they have to slam it yeah but i guess it was at the rink at maybe the those heavier rink. doors you know yeah did the kids oh, like playing tiddlywinks at the <laughs> rink <laughs> <laughs> nice call that. that's a classic uh any other losers of the nba weekend or your weekend in general <laughs> did you stop at bucky's uh there and back did you buy i i was wondering if you were gonna buy the inflatable oh. bucky's christmas uh thing that you put on your lawn i see it all around town now Oh, he didn't even know about Loser it. of the weekend. <laughs> Double loser of the weekend because we got there on our return. It was December 1st, and I walked into Bucky's, and there was a Santa Bucky there. <gasps> Somebody walking around the mascot dressed up as Santa, and I left my phone out in the car. Oh, no. Loser of the weekend. <laughs> oh, that was disappointing. And now that I know they have an inflatable as well. Yeah. 
Yeah, tragedy. I've seen it like four yeah. times now. Yeah. So people are obviously, you know, it's nothing special, but it's got the Bucky's logo on it. You'd love it. it in a second. Yeah, I know you would. Yeah, I did buy. I can't. I can't reveal my my gifts. Oh, I wow. can't reveal my gifts. For <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> can't reveal his gifts. All right. Uh, well, there's the NBA losers of the weekend, myself included. Uh, we got to take one more break. When we come back, a very fun tweet of the night, and then we will look ahead to the in-season tournament quarter- quarterfinal games. Don't go anywhere. We were talking a little bit there about uh, Christmas decorations. JD, you have the a Christmas story leg lamp I saw there in your front window. <laughs> yeah, it's our one decoration. That's that's it. Well, you have, you have a tree. Up. We have a tree, but nothing outside. Yeah, you have no. But light you can see the no leg lamp from from the street. Yeah, like especially at night. I yeah, yeah. When it's lit up. Yeah, it looks pretty cool. Nice. But I've never seen that movie. Yeah, I know. I've said that, haven't? Yeah. Yeah, you have. Yeah, that's and weird. It's, crazy to me for a guy who watches regular cable television <laughs> that you haven't come across it or it's really weird i actually think you would love it yeah yeah ralphie ralphie he's Am great i'll I... <laughs> probably be on this christmas you think so? <laughs> no i have a chance okay you uh, should seek it out i will i will watch it can i do it on playback you guys want to watch a christmas let's story do it. Playback? it's probably it's i think like didn't tbs have it like on a loop probably for, uh, they did yeah. used to play it like 24 hours a day yeah okay uh, can't wait to uh, fire that up this holiday season. Okay, let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. Yeah, two tweets here. They go hand in hand. Uh, the first tweet was from at Fast Break Break, Fast Break Breakfast uh, on Twitter, was unaware Zubots had such a robust collection of nicknames. Zoo Alcinder is gold, and you see there the basketball reference page with some of his, you know, pretty good uh, nicknames there. Uh, Zupak is a, a fun one as well. Well, Larry Dance Jr. retweeted it and said, I take credit for all of these, <laughs> but they forgot a bunch as well. Zuchi Main, Zudacris, Little Zuzi Vert, <laughs> Zuby Doo, and my personal favorite, Judge Zudi. <laughs> Uh, and then tags Vitsa Zubots there. Uh, good work, Larry. I mean, mm, work, Larry. <laughs> some pretty good ones there. I really do like Judge Zudi. <laughs> I think that's a fun one. Mm. Zudacris stuck out to me. Very good. <laughs> I mean, a lot of them are good. Do you have a favorite from the bunch, either the ones on Basketball Reference or the one Larry says should be added? I'm a huge Larry guy. Uh, Larry is great on Twitter, period. Yeah. I, th- I think it. this is, this is great just to get him in the uh, – in the discussions, because I think he's always been great. Zoo Alcinder is funny. <laughs> Good stuff there from uh, Fast Break Breakfast, Great Pod, and uh, Larry Nance Jr. Does he have his own podcast? Feels like he should. Very funny. Yeah. Humble uh, guy. I can't could at least like guest on a CJ McCollum podcast, yeah. I would think. Yeah, maybe he right. has. Maybe yeah. he has. How many players have podcasts? I mean, like uh, retired or current? Yeah, retired or current. There's not a lot. What did you which, put which, it at? Which retired ones have? Well, we, we've talked about um, Pinson. Theo, Theo Pinson has a podcast. Uh, <laughs> Trey Young has a podcast these days. Yeah. I mean, Evan Turner and Iguodala. If we're oh, Gilbert about Arenas. Guys. Gilbert, Steven Jackson, yeah. Matt Barnes. Yeah, yeah tons. Bev. Well, that's not tons. Oh, well, we're getting up there. I mean, what, uh, I bet. What's the over-under? Cole Swider, does he have a podcast? Uh, yeah, well. I think he might, actually. You want to put the line at 15 and a half? Over under which active? podcast? Yeah. No, Rivers. no, no, both. I'm counting. Oh, both. <laughs> yeah, no, I'd be way over that. Cole Swider does have a podcast. Oh, there you go. 
Austin Rivers, Duncan Robinson, Duncan, yeah, JJ Redick, yeah, of course, yeah. There's a lot. Beverly, who doesn't have a podcast? You said Draymond. Shaq has one. Shaq has. Charles Barkley has one. I guess he does. Yeah, the steam room. Steam room. Yep. <laughs> Come on, Kenny. <laughs> 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 okay, uh, just quickly, tonight we are jumping on playback uh, for Celtics Pacers, 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Now, this is a TNT game. International uh, League Pass viewers will be watching the game with us live on screen there. Uh, a little more difficult for our North American friends. But, hey, second screen viewing experience for the IST, 7.30 Celtics Pacers uh, in Indiana uh, or Indianapolis. Um, predictions, though. Just quickly here, you got the Celtics. He's had tasks winning tonight. What do you got in the second game? Uh, Pelicans Kings. Mm. Who's winning? Who's moving on to Vegas, baby Vegas? You got to go with Sacramento. But I'm excited that a Pelicans smaller market team shall be trying to get to Vegas. Yeah. Beat the um, Kings twice. Already? Beat the Kings twice. Maybe yeah, have their yeah. number. Yeah, the the Pelicans are really really huge, and that's a, a bit of a problem for the Sacramento Kings. So can't wait to see that one as well. Who do you have tonight? Celtics and Kings. Yeah, that's my pick as well. Uh, hope Halliburton plays. Yeah, uh, that would uh, that would suck. I mean, yeah, we know Porzingis. That almost evens it out a little bit. Uh, but yeah, hopefully Halliburton goes for the Pacers, and then uh, for the most part, I think the teams are pretty good to go in the in the second game there between the Pelicans and Kings. And then tomorrow night there are two more games, but we'll talk about those on tomorrow's show. We'll be recapping these two games tonight in great detail on tomorrow's pod. Get your questions in. I'm sure we'll hit the beach at some point. No dunks at theathletic.com. Tweet them in at no dunks inc. And if you're a Survivor fan, there's only three no buffs episodes left. Quick thoughts on the last one. Did you catch it? Uh, the TK? Little Buff Boys episode. Oh, yeah. yeah. What a montage, a... eh? <laughs> too good. Guys, too what's good. better than this? Guys being guys dudes, being basically. Dudes. Incredible. Yeah, got to hear some farts. There's like a fart segment. Yeah. Love it. Burps, farts. Burps, <laughs> farts. Flexes. Two of my favorite things. We had it all, so uh, that's later on in the week. But we'll be here tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. Eastern. Hit that like button. Make sure you subscribe. Until then, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, and remember, League Pass doesn't allow you to see in-market games. What's up with that? That's got to change. <laughs> oh, what are we doing? What are we doing? We're negotiating next year, Adam Silver. Let's get this done. You I can agree. see everything on League Pass. I agree. That'll happen. It's going to happen. Brace the day, people. <laughs> <laughs>